welcome to Chingona, a podcast about women who inspire with their heart and their hustle. My name is Leah. Our guest this week is Julia Hamilton, or as her Instagram followers know her as, Lady Beast. Julia is an athlete that competes in the strong woman competition, and that's exactly what it sounds like. She trains to be the strongest woman in the world, which is an actual trademarked title. Additionally, Julia is a cancer survivor, but more than that, she's just a super dope woman who's been through some shit, and despite it all, her strength hasn't wavered. Physically, mentally, emotionally, she's just out here doing her best, which I think we can all relate to. and recently moved to San Antonio um, just last year. I uh, kind of always grew up in sports and everything else, got injured, had to stop, um, and recently found my way into like strongman, and that's been the big focus this year for me, is uh, finally getting into competing with it and trying to make my way into the world's strongest. So tell me a little bit about that competition, because I'm not too familiar with it. Yeah, so um, strongman or strong woman is basically kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's it's testing, you know, your true strength. It's um, the truest form of functional strength too. And we compete in various events that's literally just, you know, lifting the heaviest stuff that you can um, as fast as you can or as much as you can um, or for as far as you can. So it's pretty cool. It's a... Uh, you know, to be honest, it, it makes you feel badass, like, all the time. Because <laughs> you're always testing your limits and pushing your limits, you know, to the absolute max. So, at this point in the program, I wanted to give you a bit of history on the world's strongest man, a.k.a. the strong man, a.k.a. the strong woman competition. But the more I searched, the more confused I got about its roots. I read some stuff about it dating back to the Vikings and Nordic warriors And if I get any facts wrong, please call me out on it because I am in no way claiming to be an expert on any of this. But from what I can tell, the first modern strongman competition began in 1977. And it seems the first few years of competition were, let's just say, unrefined. And early competitors consisted mainly of football players, powerlifters, and bodybuilders unlike the strongman-specific athletes we have today. And sometime between now and then, other rival copycat competitions with similar names have cropped up. But the world's strongest man bears the reputation of being the truest competition, the one that matters the most. And so you said functional lifting. Is that How is that different than non-functional? <laughs> Well, I mean, you have, like, your lifting where, you know, you go in the gym and you're focusing on one aspect, like, say, your legs or, you know, everybody wants to build a bigger booty. So you focus <laughs> all your training to just that. With Strongman, though, um, somewhat similar to, like, CrossFit, you know, our body has to be able to perform anything and everything. Like, any movement, any form that we need it to be in, um, we have to be able to run with weights, job with weight, lift stuff, pull stuff, push stuff, 
Um, we have to be able to do absolutely anything with our body with this weight included. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes it more functional. Um, just in the sense that, you know, we have to be able to move with it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to give you a clearer picture of what Julia is talking about, strong woman competitors literally pull and lift trucks, actual vehicles during competition. They lift atlas stones and refrigerators, refrigerators, and not all of these things all at the same time, but individually in various events, which is kind of different than going to the gym and lifting a dumbbell up and down a few times. So how did you get into the sport? So I actually, um, through Instagram, had someone reach out to me when I was living in Arizona and ask if I would come check out their gym, um, you know, and, and explain to me that it was a strongman gym. And they thought just from what they've seen me do, um, you know, on Instagram, that they would really, you know, they really thought I would love it. And at the time I was working at an LA Fitness too. And I was like, all right, yeah, like, I'm down to come check it out. I'm always down to go check out new gyms. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll see when I can get some time and I'll come check it out. And um, I went and it was just a group of guys in this, like, kind of old dungeon-style gym. And Mm -hmm. we went and it was like a strongman Saturday. So, you know, they instantly, it was great because everybody was super welcoming. And they instantly got me on like a log press and what's called a yoke and then had me work with stones too. And, you know, it was really cool because they made sure that I was, you know, getting form down and, and still pushing myself. And it was just kind of a spark that ignited that once I touched it and did an event, I was like, yeah, this is what I was meant to be doing. I should have been doing this all along. Mm-hmm. So, so you were like already into lifting before you got into the actual strong woman competition? Well, I was lifting. I um, I mean, I was lifting all the time. I love lifting weights and stuff. And I wasn't always like that. You know, I had my time growing up and everything where I really struggled with it. And, you know, did the typical, like, oh, if I lift weights, I'm going to look manly and <laughs> I'm going to be big, too muscular, all that stuff. You know, I struggled with that, too. And even though I always played sports, and I played the -the out-of-the-box sports, too. Like, yeah, I played soccer, but I wrestled, too, Mm -hmm. and I wrestled all boys. But it was like, with that, I was like, let me not add even more to this, you know? (laughs) So I kind of held back from the weightlifting. um, And kind of, and honestly, like, like looking back now, I definitely stunted myself with that. But, you know, it came a time as I got older, and... um, circles around me changed and people and such. I had people that actually encouraged it and were like, yo, you should try this. And, you know, you would really like it. It would make you feel good. You've got some goals. It would help you reach them. And so I did. I started lifting weights um, first to just lose weight. And I fell in love with being strong and feeling strong. And that just, it flourished from there. Then it was, you know, (coughs) sorry, it was pushing myself and how much I could lift now. And I started to kind of go the powerlifting route. But for me, powerlifting just it just wasn't enough. Like, it was like, it was cool. You pick up a heavy weight, you put it down. Everyone celebrates, but then that's it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I felt like I was still looking for more because I'm so competitive. <coughs> Sorry. You're fine. Um, that I really just kept looking for more. Like, how can I push this more? How can I push myself more? How can I 
just do something where I can incorporate being strong and, you know, lifting weights and everything, but also still stay like really like to me being functional was a big thing. So when I found Strongman and was invited to it, that's really just that click that hit. Cause it was like, finally, this is it. And, um, so yeah, it was just, it was all of it kind of leading up to it. So is there like, um, like a like a uh, a ranking system like are you currently ranked in the state of texas or like in the nation is there anything like that um i'm not yet so this i'm doing a competition um april 7th it'll be the ronnie coleman classic here in fort worth and that's actually going to be my first um legitimate strongman competition okay um i had taken some time and kind of bounced back and forth because i did a lot of moving I'm competing and stuff and I knew for me myself personally when I stepped into the game and started with the competitions I wanted to come in and demolish everybody and mm-hmm. so I took the time to make sure that I'm really prepared um that I've given my body enough time to be prepared and adjust and uh, make sure that everything else in my life is kind of you know in junction with supporting what I want to do because you know I'm, I'm ready to go in there and take names and take titles and and really make a name for myself with it. Um, I don't want to be one of these people that is doing it for a hobby or doing it for 10 years and they just barely get their pro card type of thing. I'm like, within the next year, I'll be at the Arnold's, you know, type of, like, that's my mentality with it. Um, So so far I've held off with competing, and this will be my first one. But this will be one that will qualify me for nationals and stuff too. A quick update on this. Julia did take first place at this competition, and she was invited to Strongman Nationals. So she wasn't fucking around when she said she wanted to take names at her first competition. Okay. The, what's the Arnold's? So the Arnold's is basically like the epitome of all, all sports. So whether it's bodybuilding, um, they have like arm wrestling there. They have the Strongman competitions there. And for Strongman, it's literally like it's – the competition of all competitions. That's basically our Olympics. Okay. Um, wow. To make it to the Arnold's and to, you know, make top three at the Arnold's is just a huge, huge honor. Is there power lifting in the Olympics? Um, so the in the Olympics it's gonna be the like the Olympic weightlifting style. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so there is stuff that does pertain to weightlifting. It's just not my style yeah (laughs) okay yeah Yeah, I was gonna ask if that's something that you would you know want to work toward in the future the you know going to the end if they had it hell yeah I would go (laughs) for it in a heartbeat um the only other thing I've thought of is the Highland Games because they do have those on national levels too and uh me having like a Scottish and Irish heritage that would be pretty amazing to compete in those as well Mm mm-hmm but I think someday I'll probably do a crossover of both because those really are, and you know, essentially those are the uh, original strongman competitions. Yeah. How old are you? I am actually 29, so I turned 30 this September. Oh, okay. I'm a September yeah. baby too. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like maybe that peak in life where it's like, all right, it's go time. <laughs> what What's the like? Spend my 20s kind of just figuring life out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the, like, average, uh, retirement age for this sport? Um, honestly, I think most people tend to kind of hit it in their 30s or, like, late 20s to 30s. Um, but, I mean, there's people that are still competing that are 
40, 45, 50. So really it's just one of those sports where it comes down to you deciding how much your body can take, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there was women at the Arnold's this year that are in their 40s and stuff. So it's just kind of all of how you take care of your body as well, too, because it definitely gets beat up mm-hmm. with strong man, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, I noticed on so on your Instagram, you have, if memory serves me right, like 51-something-K followers. When yeah. did you start like getting noticed in the sport or is like on social media what did that happen for you um that happened about it's crazy it like slowly kind of built up um I started sharing my fitness journey and at first for me my fitness journey started with losing weight Mm -hmm. kind of like a lot of people's do but at one point I was you know 385 pounds and I had hit this point in my life where I was like yo I gotta make a change um, and so for me, I, I looked at Instagram as a way to kind of hold myself accountable. And, you know, if I was putting it out there, like I had to be doing it, you know, I had to be about it if people were able to watch it. Yeah. And that was kind of my mindset. And it really, I started out with like a couple hundred followers. It was no big deal, but it was just enough to where it was like, I know people are watching. I know people are kind of rooting me on and stuff. And, um, that kept me motivated and kept me encouraged and then it just kept growing from there as my body started changing and as I started doing different things with weights um the followers trickled in and um it's crazy because once I hit about 10,000 followers it just the numbers just skyrocketed I don't know what happened (laughs) people ask me I get emails all the time that's like hey how do you build your page and I'm like I'm not the person to ask I have no idea how this happened what I did that just one day clicked where people were like, yo, I want to follow her. I don't know. <laughs> I think the best thing I've always told people, though, is that, you know, like, I've kept it real. I've been really honest and genuine with people. I don't just share the good stuff. I share the bad stuff. You know, we all have good and bad days. We all have times that are really hard. And, like, I've shared all of that. Yeah. And I think kind of of messages that I've gotten from people, I think that's what's been a big difference and um, the followers that I've gained is just, like, the way I keep it real. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, because, like, <laughs> I'm, like many people, I follow, like, the Instagram models with, like, the perfect life, but I also really like to follow, um, like, plus-size models and, like, weight like weightlifters like yourself, because it's just, like, they're more inclined to show the real parts of themselves and, like, real life, and it just kind of... I don't know. It it makes you more relatable, I think. So I think it's it's yeah. cool that you do that. It's really cool. Like I've had people that reach out and send me messages and it really has just been, you know, people like thanking me for like being real and being that that kind of like like you said, that image that's more relatable and everything. I've gotten so many women, especially like younger women too, that reach out and they're just like, you know, I just wanna say thanks and it's so amazing to see a woman that I can actually look at and be like, wow, I look like her and look what she's capable of doing. And that feels really good too for me because that was something I struggled with when I was younger. And, you know, when I was a teenager, we didn't have social media the way we do now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really awesome to be able to be that for somebody else or kind of be that light. That's like, yeah, like we can do all these amazing things still, you know? And uh, that, that kind of keeps me even more encouraged to like share more. Mm -hmm. 
What, so what is it like being uh, a woman in this world? Man, hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy because it is such a subculture still. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, look at it and they're like, wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. I can't believe you can do that. And you get those people that are kind of in awe of it. Which is cool, but then of course you get the ones that are like, "Ugh, you're like, do you really need to do all that? Do you really need to be that strong? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't guys care about it? Does this care about it? And I'm like, I could really care less, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people genuinely kind of want to try it, and especially a lot of women definitely are interested in it and interested in even just lifting weights. But there is that societal, you know, standard that we're supposed to be soft and dainty in order to be feminine, Mm -hmm. not realizing that, you know, femininity in itself is strength. Like as women, as being feminine, we're very strong naturally, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, give birth to children for God's sake, you know, Um, that's in itself takes a ton of strength. And I think we have that miscommunication of what you know, femininity is and what it can be and what, you know, everybody's got it tucked into such a small box and that's kind of a constant battle that you're always dealing with a little bit is um, kind of how to keep that or how to define it for yourself when you're doing a sport that really goes against every standard that's set for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's incredibly empowering and you meet the most amazing people Um, that really genuinely help you deal with any type of negative stuff that you do get because I have I've had people that are like oh well you know you must be on steroids or you look like a man or you sound like a man and I'm like that's you know thanks that's fine that's your opinion (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly when people think I'm on steroids I find it like a compliment because I have like I've never done anything I have nothing against them but myself personally I just haven't hit that level where I feel like I need to do it so when people try and come at me and and use it as you know some type of negative comment I think it's honestly a compliment so I kind of just laugh it off um it makes me feel good Mm -hmm. (laughs) about myself that I'm putting in so much work that someone thinks I'm on on steroids but it's definitely it's tricky you know you definitely um I think you have to work a little bit harder um you know there's this for me there's this idea that like I don't want to just do like oh well you know yeah you're strong for a woman no like I'm just strong as fuck period like don't you know don't undermine my strength as a woman like just notice that I'm strong Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of a constant battle is is a lot of times it's like oh yeah you know damn you're amazingly strong for a woman or you're this for a woman and it's like no I'm just this period I'm just strong period Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of a constant battle, but I think I've kind of, I've worked really hard and kind of earned my place to where now a lot of people are just like, yo, you're strong as fuck. And that's, that's like the best, <laughs> the best feeling to finally have that. It's not so much, oh, you're strong for. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cause that's, it's such a backhanded compliment and it's just, I yeah. think women face that in a lot of industries like oh you're really smart for a woman or like you're really yeah. funny for a woman and it's just like that's it's not a compliment I don't know what you're... Yeah, you know, I'm just really funny <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah we go through the same thing for sure where it's like oh wow you're really strong for a woman you're really strong for your size you're really strong for this and you're like no like 
I'm just strong, period. Like, done. Yeah. It's just right there, you know? Yeah, that's awesome that, that you are, are already gaining that reputation where people don't feel the need to say that you're strong for a woman, that you're just strong, which is yeah. awesome for you. Um, I've definitely uh, worked hard to, like, push crazy limits to where people, like, I, I've had people in the gym where I'm doing an event and, like, you know, I'm blowing past, you know, carrying weight and everything really fast. And I can kind of, it's cool because I can hear the guys where they're just like, holy shit, like, she's really good. <laughs> and, like, it's just, like, it's a good feeling to just get that recognition of, like, wow, it's, you know, like you said, it's not that, oh, she's really good for a girl or she's really this for whatever. It's just, like, damn, like, she's really good. Holy crap, where'd she come from? Yeah. And that's kind of, like, the the thing I've been pushing for, too, is, like, I want to work really hard to the point where when I step out into the, the public eye of com- competing and stuff, that's just, like, damn, where did this girl come from? Yeah. So, um, and so I read a little bit of, I kind of skimmed through the article that you have linked on your Insta profile. Um, and so you're a cervical cancer survivor. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that if, if you want to. If you're yeah, no, absolutely. So when I was 19, um, I was diagnosed with early stages of cervical cancer. Um, there was a range of cells that they found abnormal and um so i had to go through a lot of procedures when i was 19 um of doing like biopsies to try they wanted to try and start with kind of like the more i guess like less drastic treatments they didn't want to because it was either like do biopsies um freeze the cells like literally shave off an entire layer of my cervix um and then you know if it pushed any further past that it went into deeper stages, then it went into chemo and radiation and stuff. Um, you know, so thankfully my doctors were like, we're gonna start you on an easier path and then see how your body reacts to it. Um, you know, cause they, they really took caution, especially me being 19. One of the biggest things that she said to me was that, you know, we know you're coming into childbearing years. And if we do some of these more extreme ones that yeah, like boom, they're guaranteed, but it can make it really hard for you to give birth or like have children. Right. Um, and so that, that definitely hit me really hard, especially at 19, you know, cause at 19 in my head, I was like, I'm going to be married by 25, starting a family. So at that point I was like, Oh my God, there goes everything. That's it. <laughs> and, um, it was really scary though. Um, cause it was the constant worry of, great like is this gonna get worse am I gonna hit you know like one of these further stages where there's no turning back from it mm-hmm. um you know is it gonna turn into like hey you need to get a hysterectomy or something like that um fortunately enough like I was blessed you know um beyond belief to be able to recover with just doing like biopsies I did have to do a lot of them though I went um the first year I went every every three months to get like a lot of biopsies taken where they would literally cut out the abnormal cells. Um, that was excruciatingly painful. And then, um, you know, I had to do checkups in between. Um, and then the, you know, they noticed that it started kind of like healing and the, the cells weren't coming back. And, um, so then it went to every six months and then I went to once a year. And then now it's like, I think the, 
the new average is like once every other year or something like that is when we're supposed to get checked but um it was really hard especially being so young I kind of felt like my whole world was crashing down because it was just at that time too it was that I had just gotten out of an abusive relationship I had just lost a job I was still living out of my car so it was just this point where I hit in my life where I was like great like all right, this is it. Like, you know, what else more is there that I could fight? Like, how much more can I fight through at this point? Um, But honestly, I I think going through that really upped how much I fought for myself at that point. Because at that point, it wasn't just like, oh, you're going through a hard situation or, you know, like this too shall pass. It was like I really had to fight for my life. Like, I really had to believe in the fact that my body was going to heal and, you know, that, that God had my back and that I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I really had to fight for that. And I think that gave me the fight and all the other stuff that I was going through, too. Um, and in an odd way, like, it, it turned out to be a blessing because it just it catapulted me forward. And it taught me a lot about myself. Uh, it definitely showed me a lot about the people around me at the time um, and who was actually valuable and who wasn't. But it was scary, and I even had, um, I think it was like two or three years ago, I had another scare where, like, everything was good, and, all my, you know, all my tests have been, you know, regularly coming back normal. <laughs> and then I went to get just a normal, you know, annual checkup, and um, they found abnormal cells again. Um, so I was like, great, like, it's back, here we go again. Um and then same thing, did the biopsies, and then, you know, the cells didn't come back again. Um, but it is kind of a, now it's kind of a constant thing that I have to be conscious of. And I used to say worry of. It was, it was before it was something that I was always worried about. Mm-hmm. But now I think just knowing what I've overcome already and knowing what I've pushed through already it's not something so much that I'm worried of. It's just something that I'm conscious of now mm-hmm. and aware of and knowing that like, Hey, it might pop up. If it does, it's not the end of the world. We're going to fight through it no matter what. Um, it's definitely changed my outlook on that for sure. So how long, how, and I, I might have missed this somewhere between how long did like the initial, uh, like biopsy, like the, like kind of taking care of a treatment how long did that last um i would say it was like a year and a half because okay. it was like a constant like every couple months i had to go get more done and more done and then um the tests you know still kept showing the same thing um and it was about a year and a half after that finally the test came back and they were like hey everything's clear finally you know there's nothing positive and um, all your tests are showing negative now. And so, yeah, it took a year and a half of going through that stuff. And then that's when they're like, we want you to come back in, you know, another six months just in case, just to be sure. Um, but that was probably like one of the most relieving things I've ever heard because I remember, you know, when you go to the doctor and you get your annual checkup and, you know, they always just send you a paper and they're like, hey, everything's good. See you in another year. And then I'll never forget the day that I actually got a phone call from my doctor. And she was like, you know, hey, um, so we got your results back. We need you to come back in so we can talk about treatment. 
And that's all she said. She mm-hmm. didn't say anything else. And uh, so I just remember just sinking and feeling like, oh, my God, like, what could this possibly be? And I went the next day with my mom. I was like, okay, well, if you're saying treatment, clearly I need to get in there ASAP. So I went with my mom, and that's when she told me about the cancer cells and, um, and you know, the different, the different types that I had and, um, you know, explaining. And I just remember kind of like, it was like in the movies where, like, everything just kind of fades out and you're just sitting there in your head and, like, you're looking at the doctor and you're looking at her talking, but you're not really processing any of it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was absolutely that moment. And I just remember, too, once I finally got that letter, you know, once that letter popped up, that was like, hey, everything's good to go. It was just the biggest relief and the biggest just kind of, you know, weight off my chest. Where I was like, I felt like I could breathe easier, you know, a little easier again. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't, you've been through so much and it's just so awesome that you have the outlook on life that you have because I I mean I've never been through anything like that but I can just imagine that it's really difficult and it's it's awesome to see somebody have the strength both physically and mentally that you have and I think it's just really inspiring thank you I really appreciate that it's definitely um you know it's it's not always been easy there's I've been I really have I've been through so much that like I've been through the cancer stuff I've been through abusive situations I've been through you know, I've been through rape, I've been through all kinds of stuff, and uh, I've been through being homeless, and um, I think, honestly, the, the biggest thing that definitely always kept me going was my mind, because at the end of the day, you know, I always had to make a choice of whether I was going to let that situation um, defeat me and destroy me and who I am, or was I going to stand up and fight like hell through it? Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of naturally been a fighter. I've always naturally um, been someone who, no matter what, I'm going to find a way to persevere. And it definitely hasn't been easy by any means. Um, you know, I was actually just talking to my girlfriend about this last night that, you know, life's been really hard. And I've, I've, it's been, for me, it's been a constant struggle. Um I don't really know too many points in my life where I can say I wasn't fighting my way or pushing my way through something. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, the way that I've looked at it is that God had a plan for me. And for whatever reason, the stuff that I've gone through and the stuff that I've experienced heard, um, really has put me in a place where I can be an inspiration for others and I can be, you know, um, a sounding board for others that are maybe going through that or going through something similar. Um, and I really do feel very, um, very blessed to be able to do that and to be able to be there for people, um, and have that kind of outlook to where, you know, I didn't let it diminish me, but instead I turned it into something that can help others. And that was, that was a big thing for me to be able to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any, um, are you involved in any, uh, like activism or, um, like motivational speaking or anything? Is that something that you do on the side? Um, not right now. I mean, I've done where I've gone and I've spoken to athletes, um, 
and things like that. And I've spoken to different groups here and there. Um, but there hasn't been like one set like, yo, I do this one all the time on the regular. I would love to. That's actually um, a big goal for me in life is being able to reach out to people and youth and, and do talks and do, you know, workshops and stuff like that. That is something I'm really working towards. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to do that. Do Do you have a day job? So I did, but actually, um, right now I'm currently not working. Okay. Yeah, I was working full time as an assistant manager, um, but that ended about two weeks ago now. So still looking kind of for the next, the next move, where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. I feel like this is that period in life where. like doors have closed and other doors have opened and there's just this huge shift in my life that's happening right now um that's kind of setting me up for everything i'm supposed to really be doing since this interview julia has had her hands full with familial matters and training but i did see on her instagram that she just got engaged So a big, big congratulations to her and her fiance. We wish y'all the absolute best. Julia's Instagram is at ladybeast underscore juju. That's L-A-D-Y-B-E-A-S-T underscore J-U-J-U. She posts videos of herself training and she also has videos from the competition this past April. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Chingona Podcast. Please rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Our website is chingonapodcast.com. The music from today's episode can be found on freemusicarchive.com. As always, we will link everything in the description box. The Chingona theme was created and performed by my uncle Raul Garza. And we'll be back with the penultimate episode in two weeks. That's right. The end is nigh. Talk to you then.